0: What's going on, guys, and welcome to the Benches Cleared Podcast, where we cover the best rivalry in all of sports. I am Jesse Gutierrez. I represent the side of the San Francisco Giants, who are currently two and a half games out of the wild card spot.
1: And I am Tyler Coe, and I'm representing the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are currently 17 games up in the National League Western right, Division. That's,
0: that's enough of that. I don't... That's, that's enough. Anyways, let's get, it, let's get into some trade deadline stuff. Tyler, uh, how do you feel um, Dodgers did on this trade deadline or what they didn't do?
1: Well, I feel that they did terrible because they didn't <laughs> do anything. I was really, really surprised. So if you recall to the listeners who listened last week, I <laughs> predicted we would either get Vasquez or Green. We got no one. We did absolutely nothing. And I think we didn't we... We did bet some Chipotle, didn't we? Well, we weren't together when that <laughs> happened, so we didn't shake <laughs> on shit. So, no, I don't think so. That's okay. I'll, I'll send you the bill. Yeah, the, the Dodgers, I think, I don't know. Now that I'm looking at it, I don't necessarily think we blew it. I think just the past two years I've gotten accustomed to doing that blockbuster trade deadline deal with you Darvish and Manny Machado, that this year you're expecting something, but we really didn't need... A huge blockbuster trade, but we needed some help, and we didn't get much. We got a reliever from Tampa, whose name I don't know at the moment. (laughs) He pitched one out today. Then we got Jed Jerko, which who saw that coming? No one did.
0: Yeah, and adding players for no reason.
1: Yeah, and I mean Jed Jerko does add some depth. But if you look at our lineup, that's everyone in our lineup. We have... So many people that can play different positions. I mean, Negron, we got him two weeks ago. I think he's played four positions for us already. So it's not necessarily a concern, especially now the Jock Peterson first base experiment gone wrong is over. <laughs> so we, we don't necessarily have to worry about that. But I don't know. I think we needed relief help. I don't think we got it. So the task at hand is now get to the World Series and win the World Series with what we have.
0: And here's, here's the thing about maybe missing out on the I don't feel like you missed out on, on Vasquez because it would have cost so fucking much. You're not going to want to give up the Dustin May. You're not going to want to give up the Gavin Lux. Maybe Ruiz as a piece because Will Smith is supposed to be your guy. But I feel like they did miss. I mean, Shangri Green, yes, he did come up to a rocky start today. His outing his, um, his with the Braves didn't go that well. But I feel like you missed out on Shane Green because he didn't cost that much. There's a lot of other relievers that were on the market that didn't cost that much that you that they missed out on and totally fucked the pooch, but I don't think Vasquez is that, that big of a deal because of what it would cost.
1: Yeah, and I think with the, the new emergence of Joe Kelly in these past two months, Joe Kelly the last two months, I believe his ERA has yeah. been under two, as opposed to the first three months of the season, his ERA was over eight. Mm-hmm. So with Joe Kelly kind of coming into midseason form, we have a little bit more depth. With Dustin May now making his major league debut, he could be an option in October as far as the bullpen goes. So there are options internally. I just kind of wish we would have got someone that's a little more proven and, you know, kind of give you that peace of mind going into the playoffs. But we well, didn't, and we're just going to have to live with it.
0: While we're speaking on Joe Kelly, I'm really sad that Tyler Austin is no longer a member of the San Francisco Giants. Not because I, I think he would have been good for the San Francisco Giants, because he has been sucking balls lately. Yeah. No, um, strike out he's all the time, strikeout He's a strikeout machine. But we are not going to see the round two of Tyler Austin-Joe Kelly fight club. That, we're, that bummed me out.
1: We're not. No, which I, we I think Joe Kelly won, and I think he <laughs> would have won again.
0: No. Oh, my gosh. If, if who, I don't know who was catching at the time. Didn't pull him down, maybe whatever. Tyler Austin would i am not trying to say this because he's this a giant guy, but Tyler Austin's a— like a fucking He's, mo- he's like, huge. Joe Kelly's a fucking skinny little guy. Yeah,
1: but Joe Kelly, he's a scrapper. He's He's tough. a scrapper. <laughs> he's scrapped, man. <laughs> the
0: dude was on the ground. He jumped on top and started punching. Like, that's what you... I mean, it's not his fault that he fell. You know, what? it, it is what it mm-hmm. is. But let's not try to pretend like... Joe he, Kelly that had the, the better fight.
1: position and he took advantage. Oh, that's just boy. how it works. So... All right. But we'll, we'll probably never get to see round two. Yeah,
0: that, that bums me out. Yeah. But um, moving on. You guys had a, a debut this week. I know you want to talk about uh, Dustin May. Um, Or as some people are calling him, uh, Gingerguard.
1: Yes, Gingerguard, which is a fairly decent nickname. I don't know. That nickname sucks. I'm sorry. But that's a shitty nickname. It's it's not the best nickname. And watching him pitch the whole time, I just want him to cut his hair so he can wear a hat that actually fits. And I saw that they were saying that was kind of a big issue when he came up. I mean, he's probably wearing an eight and a half size hat because they couldn't find a hat that fit his head.
0: Yeah, motherfucker doesn't look like Noah Syndergaard with his hair. Motherfucker looks like the illegitimate son of Sideshow Bob. That's what he looks like, all right? You got Matt Beatty looking like Lex Luthor and shit, all right? That bald-ass... I was not expecting that bald-ass head to come out of that that helmet.
1: Well, when Gingerguard wins Rookie of the Year next year... You can nickname him whatever you want. I don't care. He'll be the best rookie yeah, whatever. in the major leagues next year. But back to his debut, it was good. It was, you know, it wasn't as great as I was hoping it was going to be. But, you know, for a 21-year-old kid or 20-year-old kid, however old he is, it was pretty solid. I think he showed some maturity out there. He settled down after the first inning and started locating his pitches. The only thing that kind of not necessarily worries me it's not the runs it's he did give up nine hits over five and a third which is a little bit more than i would have wanted but he looked good out there and as far as going forward in october hopefully he'll be able to be a solid piece of the bullpen but for now it's good to see him as a starter since that's what he's going to be going forward next year so it's pretty solid debut i was happy with it he's going to be pitching on wednesday uh, afternoon game so we'll see how he does there against the cardinals and yeah hopefully he has a great career So today is Sunday, August 4th, and we are recording this podcast around 7 p.m., so the Dodger game has ended. The Dodgers did complete a comeback win to beat the Padres 11-10, and it was just a great team win. I can't say enough about this team's depth. Different guys stepping up at different points, you know, meeting different challenges. The Dodgers had a couple opportunities and had runners gunned down at third, gunned down at home late in the game, and they still just continued to push and push. And then Max Muncy hits a two RBI, walk-off double, throw at the plate, Corey Seager scores. It was just a great team win. Going to carry that momentum into playing St. Louis, which St. Louis is going to be a lot better looking team than they have in the past couple months. Matt Carpenter's coming back tomorrow. Marcelo Zuna's back. So they're going to be a lot stronger team. But I'm excited to see the Dodgers going forward with Dustin May now being called up. The Jock Peterson first base horrible experiment over and everyone having their more defined roles. Cody Bellinger back at first base some of the time. It'll be nice to see the Dodgers moving forward and I think we're going to ride this wave to the 7th National League West Division Championship in wow, a row. Wow, wow, wow. That's I mean, come on. Then For, the the participation pennant, trophy. That's third that's pennant in a row.
0: Here here we go. Uh, have you seen the 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 little gifts that they're made of uh, Kirby Yates. Yeah,
1: I would be... The fucking bullshit! Yeah, and you know, you know and it's people probably... People are making it
0: as memes right now. You oh, know it's, it's probably going to happen. I fucking love the internet sometimes. It's
1: probably going to end up being a new Max Muncy t-shirt. Not quite as good as the Get It Out of the Ocean shirt, First which of, is so okay, good. Okay, time out. It's time, so
0: out time out. Time out, time out time, I'm so glad you brought this up. I mean, I didn't think we were going to talk about this because it was in the past, but I'm very glad you brought this up. I get it. It was off the cusp. Kind of funny, but like... When you're printing it out on that t-shirt, and what point did you think, wait, this fucking doesn't make sense. Like, I, if you don't want me to watch it, get it out of the ocean. It's already in the fucking ocean. If he goes and gets out of the ocean, how can he not watch? It makes absolute... N- like I said, I get it. It was off the top of the head. He probably didn't think it through. I get it. That's fine. It's funny to hear it at once. But when you print it on a t-shirt, you might want to think about it.
1: I agree. I totally agree. A much better t-shirt would have said, go fuck yourself, you little baby bitch. <laughs> because Madison Bumgarner yes. is the biggest crybaby in all of sports. <laughs> not just in baseball. In all of sports. There's... Him oh. and maybe Philip Rivers of the San Diego Chargers, the two biggest gotcha. crybabies in sports. That T-shirt just—it's great. It I would, doesn't
0: make sense. It doesn't make sense. I—I I, I will give you that. That's one thing. Like, you know, when it happened, I was like, oh, you know, I did love Bumgarner's kind of thing afterwards. He was like talking, like he wasn't like trying to be like, oh, that's bullshit. You should have ran. It Was like, that's just my emotion. It was at the time. I didn't fucking throw at the guy. Like, get over it. We're supposed to show emotion. I'm not fucking changing. It is what it is. I'm over it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like the emotion because I think as baseball players, they should be able to show more emotion. This whole idea of it has to be your father's game, you know, yeah. the game of old. I think that's bullshit. So I do like the emotion, but I don't like the, the crybaby bullshit. I, I yeah, can't, I he, can't yeah. take it.
0: There's times where he's getting pissed at someone for throwing the bat on, on a pop-up that he picked Yeah, I, I I agree. I'm I'm not a huge fan of fan what he does as far as the Giants trade deadline we're going to talk about it with a very special guest first ever benches cleared guest we have our friend Julie Parker she is a beat writer for the San Francisco Giants writes for SF Bay Julie how's it going I'm good how are you guys doing well very very well let's uh, jump right into this trade deadline just happened um Giants made a lot of moves uh, how do you feel uh, everything went I mean I think it
2: was going to be a tough deadline no matter what for Zaidi being that it's yeah. his first deadline and you know he. he They kind of made it hard on him. I mean, he definitely said going into the deadline that the way that the team was playing was going to color the way that they looked at things in the couple weeks leading up to the trade deadline. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I asked him is, I was just like, you know, how, because obviously the the argument is, oh, well, they just, they're just fluky right now. You know, this is very short term um, to make like such a big decision as to, you know, not sell off Bumgarner or Will Smith. Yeah. on on such a short term and his answer was pretty valid i thought it it, um was pretty valid which was just saying you know if it had been essentially the same 25 guys that were playing like shit in may Mm -hmm. um you know yeah sure you can make that argument but they've made so many they've made a lot of changes and a lot of shuffling over the last three four months and so the the team that you know went what was like something crazy 17 and 9 or something in July I think he was even better than that but anyway that yeah. team was different than the team that was playing in, in Bay so I mean I, I don't know I'm on board it seems like the addition of uh Alex Dickerson or as it's known by the Giants fan base just Dick Dick uh,
0: Dick <laughs> Dick Dick
2: was uh was sort of a catalyst I don't know if, you know he's out right now but anyway when loss. I don't know I mean certainly the fan base all took a big sigh of relief when Bumgarner you know remained
0: a giant yeah definitely um, I, I know like when he said you know we're gonna try to build for the future and build for now I was like yeah 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 that's what he's gotta say you know but he's he's gonna sell off and you know when they started playing so well and everything started clicking you know, people were saying it was like a bad situation. It was really surprising that he was able to build, you know, a potential wild card team, almost out of nothing. Well, not want to say out of nothing, but just out of like what was before. And you know what he did at the deadline to add, you know, from from their depth, would just really speaks to him actually saying what he was gonna do in a in a very different way than we were thinking. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's he. It's interesting because the way that he's worked sort of reminds me of the way that these Giants teams have come together in the past, which is just taking spare parts and like the island of broken toys, basically, and, mm. and turning it into like a playable team. I mean, who knew who Alex Dickerson was, you know, three months ago? Um, yeah, yeah and, killing it. Yeah, just like little, little pieces here and there. So I'm curious to see the one thing that the scooter, Jeanette, mm. Came out was kind of a surprise to me. If anything, I thought if he was going to buy, it might have been starting pitching because they certainly need some help on the Mm -hmm. back end of the rotation. You know, this weekend, you know, Jeanette has definitely shown through that he's not, you know, he's not an average level second baseman in terms of defense. Definitely, yeah. (laughs) But I think they're hoping, they've got to hope that he either. You know, breaks even or improves upon you know the poor defense with good offense. So you know they have Donovan Solano, Panic's a great defender. You just can't hit at all this
0: season. Yeah, no, yeah.
2: So and they've got some guys. They've got some depth there in in Triple So that's you know the, those are some of the guys that. They traded for it too. Mauricio Dubon, I think, is one guy that uh, that they got that Zaidi was sort of hinting that we might actually see up in the big leagues this
0: year. I'm kind of excited about him. The look we got with him with the Brewers didn't really go over that well, but I'm really excited to see what uh, who they got from the Twins. That Davis guy is just destroying in AAA right now. All the other guys are kind of like you know almost lottery picks, slow guys, you know, high reward type guys. But Davis seems like he can help the club. You know, maybe even next week with how the offense has been going these past couple days.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's another way. I think both those those guys were um, possibilities that Zaidi was kind of hinting at that we might see as early as this season to help out. Um, Particularly, I think we may see Davis, uh, depending on how long this injury deal goes with Dickerson. Um, Yeah. Just they do have a lot of it's ironic I, I was just thinking like how they have kind of a lot of depth right now in the outfield which is like a bizarre <laughs> thing to say exactly yeah because I was looking at, like, 2017 and 2018, like, the parade of mediocrity of outfielders, um, and I was like, oh, we haven't had that this season at all. It's been better. And I was like, oh, Connor Joe, oh, Michael, yeah. Michael Gerber, Michael Reed, mm-hmm. uh, never mind.
0: <laughs> Not definitely. I feel like they won, in, in, in my opinion. I mean, time will tell what, what will happen the rest of the prospects. I mean, you know, all the other guys can just fall off. Who, who knows? But as of right now, I'd probably give them a win. But uh, let's let's talk about this uh, next coming up month. Giants are going into a really important stretch of August. They're playing a lot more tough teams. There's no more waiver trade deadline where they can play through this and then kind of see what happens there.
2: I mean, it should be interesting. Honestly... It feels like every series, every next series is the next most important series coming up, and then they kind of get through it, and you're like, okay. I mean, they've lost the last two, but it doesn't feel like they've tanked suddenly. It's the pitching, to, to be honest. I mean, they need to figure it yeah. I think I would not be surprised if we see Connor Manez back up.
0: Yeah, that's what I would Sean guess next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: Sean Anderson and Tyler Beatty are just not... Not and, doing so
0: well. And which was weird because a lot of people were saying, oh, trade for Boyd and, you know, trade for, you know, all the stuff. And in my opinion, I was like, you know, they're not going to give up the guys for the top guys. You know, whoever they would trade right. for is going to be just as good as, you know, Anderson or Beatty would be. And they're kind of proving me wrong a little bit. I'm, I might have to take back some statements I wrote on Twitter.
2: I don't think he was ever going to spend a lot on, an, on another player yeah you know what I mean I think Scooter Jeanette was cheap I don't think he was ever gonna buy by but um but yeah no I think the Nats series is big I think coming you know the Nats I think have lost their last three series so they're feeling a lot worse than the Giants even are at this point yeah but I, I think once you hit losing three series in a row you know everybody's butthole's gonna pucker a little bit yeah definitely <laughs> after the trade deadline yeah of like yeah we can do this um, but you know, you, you have to remember. Yeah, they lost two in a row, but they won I think six or seven in a row before that.
0: Yeah, so these last two have hurt those. a little bit, though. I it hurt a but little bit you in my soul. Yeah, exactly. Scatter those. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Can, can scatter those between those six. But if it's a trend, that's when it's exactly because yeah, so. it's kind of scary when they score two runs at a uh, Colorado like they did today. That's that's a little worrisome.
2: Yeah, I feel like when they have bad pitching, the offense sleeps too. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Like they just lose all motivation. But <laughs> no, we'll see what happens. I think the Nats is the biggest of all because I think if they lose another series, it's we're going to see the 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 vibe, overall vibe <laughs> and feeling in that clubhouse sort of back to maybe where it was in June. Who knows? But, yeah,
0: definitely. Well, I definitely appreciate you like calling and you know talking on kind of like a more unknown podcast. We really appreciate it. But so you know the the few listeners that we do have to get to know you talk about a little bit about um like the kind of stuff that you've been kind of going through like in the press box being kind of like more of like out of the norm type person you would see there
2: uh i mean it is this is so it's my second season and for your listeners who don't know me i generally have colored hair it's pink right now uh tattoos piercings things like that so i don't necessarily fit in with the um old stuffy white guy Hank Schulman's of the world um (laughs) name drop so yeah so (laughs) it's no I mean it's it's okay I think last season was worse than Mm -hmm. this season like basically everyone just pretended I wasn't there for the first three months last year Uh um but I don't know I mean I honestly don't even know what the fuck I'm doing I just pretend like they just I mean like i you know, I finished my journalism degree this coming after this fall semester. I got this job with no experience other than, you know, being a baseball fan growing up watching baseball. Uh, and so, you know, I, I look weird. I'm a woman. There's not very many women up there. So mm-hmm. I just try not to make it a fool of myself because, like, any, you know, any dude can make him a mistake. And, like, people are like, oh, that guy's an idiot. But they'll forget about it a lot quicker. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know they they kind of gave you crap for like uh, wearing shorts, right? One time I was oh, I, I saw you yeah. posting on Twitter.
2: Yeah, uh, it was just really. It was the day that it was ninety six degrees. Everybody was dying, and like they weren't short shorts by any means. Like I'm not a short shorts kind of kid. Like that was the deal. But they were shorts. It was hot. Yeah, and definitely. They didn't want to. Le- they didn't want to let me in the press box, and I was like, what? And there's there's like this woman that sits out there and like guards the opening of the press boxes like by the elevators um back there and she was like there's no shorts allowed and I was like what (laughs) uh Okay. I mean, I knew I had seen guys wearing shorts, and I would seen other people, but she made me stand out there like I was waiting for the principal um, until one of the other media relations people showed up, and and she was like, the woman that showed up was like, oh, shorts are allowed. They just have, they can't be any shorter than like four inches um, above the knee, and these were maybe five. Yeah. Like, they were not short.
0: <laughs> you measure it really like, quick just to, eh, I what know, do you got here? It, yeah, 1920? that's allowed. What is it,
2: 1920? Oh, yeah. so I was crazy. <laughs> so... So anyway, they were like, oh, we'll let you off with a warning. Oh. I'm like, okay. And then Susan Schlesser, who helped write the rules, because they're BBWAA rules, mm. um, she was like, she reached out to me on Twitter. And she's like, that's not what those rules were meant to be. And she apologized. She's like, I'm oh. sorry that they did that to you. So I felt better
0: yeah. after that. That's great. But, well, b- before we let you go, um, we have been talking about, you know, because this is a Partly Dodger podcast. We've been talking about uh, Dustin May. He did his uh, big league debut. Uh, his nickname is uh, They're they're calling him but as I like to call it, he looks more like uh, Sideshow Ball's illegitimate son uh, with his hair flopping around
1: everywhere.
2: So is it Syndergaard because he's a good pitcher-like Cindergaard, or because I'm a little confused? It's It's
1: both. (laughs) So I think he's going to be better than Noah Cindergaard personally, but he definitely has the hair when Cindergaard and DeGrom were both growing their hair out and had that huge mane. He has the same thing going. It's just... Red as red can be.
2: But it's really curly looking too. I feel like it's curlier than the other does. Like Cur- yeah, he's curlier got some kind Brandon of like. Stuff going on.
1: Yeah, like so to th- me, it more resembles the Grom when he had his hair growing out more than Syndergard. But Gendergard, for all intents and purposes, is just a much better nickname than Ginger Grom. So I'm sure that's why they went no. with it. He, he looks like-,
2: like. He's like a walking herbal essences commercial.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it looks like Sideshow Bob. Just hope that he doesn't have the rakes out there on the field when it's still there. He's going to hit it. And one one thing we have to mention, too, um, Giants number one prospect uh, is named Joey Bart. So if Joey Bart turns up missing, I know whose backyard to check first. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, well, that's all well and good. But next year when he wins Rookie of the Year, everyone's going to forget about yep. Joey Bart real quick. So we don't have to worry about that much.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll just end the segment there. Uh, thank you so much, Julie, for for coming on. If you guys are on Twitter, she's a good follow on Twitter. It's inside the Parker, and the last E is a three. That's correct, right? It I, is, I'm just doing it off of memory, but I feel like there's not a. I can't get
2: I can't get the one without the three. There's this guy that's bogarting it that won't give it up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you so
0: much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and thank
1: you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
0: And while we're on the subject of Giants baseball, there's an interesting theory out there why the Giants have been sucking these past two and a half years. It comes from the Twitterverse, uh, from at BanTheShift. He tweets, In 2016, the Giants went 52-32 and before Kevin Durant shocked and angered the NBA world by announcing he would sign with the Golden State Warriors. During the KD era, the Giants would go 207 and 277. They are now 11 and 2 since Kevin Durant announced he would be signing with the Brooklyn Nets. That tweet was uh, July 17th. So, since KD signed with the uh, Brooklyn Nets, they're 29. So, basically, this is not Buster Posey aging. It's not Brandon Crawford aging. Not because they signed b- bad contracts. It's because of Kevin Durant. And I buy into it. It's fucking true. <laughs> That's why. Fuck Kevin Durant.
1: Yeah, I mean it totally makes sense that you guys would cling on to any excuse that you could. It's not an excuse, it's proof. It's it's Look at the data, Tyler. So what what's going to be the excuse uh, next year when you guys win 60 games and Kevin Durant's hey, in Brooklyn?
0: We were shit a month ago. One of the best records in baseball in the wild card hunt. It's going to happen. You know what it is? We're coming. 2019.
1: I am so certain that you guys will finish at least four games outside of the wild card by oh. the end of the season. Okay, since
0: we're together, you want to bet Chipotle
1: on that? Yeah, four absolutely. Games? Four At games? At All
0: right. At least. That's done. That's a handshake. You can't really understand. Whatever. That's a handshake. But we're going to end right there, guys. Um, this uh, podcast was brought to you by Appetite Clothing. Check them out on Instagram. Uh, have a lot of cool stuff. Um, Tyler, anything else?
1: No, that pretty much wraps it up for me. Let's keep the momentum going and see you in the World Series.
0: Yeah, Giants are going to sweep the Nats wild card. Let's go. We're coming. Thank Doubt you, guys. Got it. We'll 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 talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening.